Okay, guys, um, welcome back to um, episode 20 this time of the BJJ 101 Storeroom Podcast. We have an awesome guest in Carrot. How do I pronounce your last name? Uh, Blissner. Blissner. So Carrot Blissner's here joining us today. Um, Carrot's one of the students here. You've only been training jiu-jitsu for like a short period of time, yeah. probably like, what, a couple months, three, four, five months? One, one year. <laughs> right. Just over a year. Just over a year. So, um, look. We always start with like the same kind of question. I try and introduce everyone like in the same way. And what like I I have a history with you as well. We, yeah, yeah. we um actually I met Carrad through like a rugby program at UQ. He used to do a lot of strength and conditioning and stuff. Um, there and run their program for strength and conditioning. Um, but we always start um like the introduction with like just talk a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, your childhood, sure. what you're doing for work now, because this is something else that yep. we're going to talk about. Um, later on and um, also like talk about where you were introduced to martial arts were you introduced okay. to martial arts earlier on or, or later in life or yep. yeah no worries all right so yeah, as you mentioned my name's Kerrod I'm 32 um, grew up in a smaller country town called Dolby yep. it's got about nine to ten thousand people when I was growing up there um, then basically went to school there moved to Brisbane when I was 18 for my first degree which was in it used to be called human movements but now it's sport and exercise science yeah um graduated that as an exercise physiologist which is where i first come across yourself yeah. met you there um then worked in that field for six years um it was very i found it a little bit challenging it's very repetitive i'm a bit of a goldfish in that i get bored quite quickly okay. um so i started looking for something else within health field um, that could still give me that sort of satisfaction of helping people. So yeah. then I come across um, paramedics. Yeah. So I studied paramedics for a further two years, got my second degree in that, and now I work for Queensland Ambulance as a paramedic, and I have done for the last two and a half years. Um, where did I first get started and, like, introduced to martial arts? Well, even if you just talk about how, like, you did sports and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> most, most of the people we talk with, particularly guys, that, guys and girls that end up doing jiu-jitsu, they always have, like, a really strong history of some type of athletics, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so personally, I started playing soccer at four. Yeah. Till I was 12, then rugby league till I was 18, then rugby union from 18 to about 24 yeah. at UQ. Uh, I never really made any great heights in playing. Um, definitely wasn't blessed with the physical attributes. I was a pretty heavy set kid. Okay. <laughs> um, which probably actually, to be fair, got me into physical exercise and my... Yeah. In my interest into the human movements yeah. um so i did that for a few years and then yeah turned my i guess tension from playing to as you mentioned before the coaching, strength and conditioning, yeah. coaching that sort of thing um so i did that for a few years and yeah met you at the uq rugby academy yeah uh, that was in 2000 and probably 11 i think uh yeah maybe 2012, 2012, like 2012 yeah. 2013 probably. um come across you there you're yeah. already Bigger and stronger than me at <laughs> 18 and 19, so yeah. I thought it was probably time to give it away. Yeah. But uh, but no, I really really do enjoy that. I think you can get a lot of um, I think you can learn a lot of life lessons from sort of physical um, pursuits, yeah, whether that's sure. gym based, martial arts based, yeah. or or anywhere in between. Yeah. Um, but I still I still trained myself a little bit, yeah. not as much as what I used to. It's nice having that that sort of background. In the theoretical side of things, you can just yeah. sort of go away and do your own your own programming. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so I guess yeah, from from coaching 
few years to turn my attention to martial arts. I probably had a few years before I started here yeah. where I was probably a little bit lost. I was just doing gym. I wasn't. I was missing a team environment, missing okay. that kind of connection with people. Um, and it just so happens that I have a friend out at Ipswich who started doing jiu-jitsu. Um, and honestly, one day like, we just having a bit like a bit of a wrestle at home yeah. and just like <laughs> obviously used a few techniques and that sort of thing. I was just... What is that? How does that Yeah, work? how's yeah. that? Oh. What's, what's going on here? Mm. I'm bigger than you. I should be beating you. Mm. Um, and then just the way life works, it was not long after that I saw you must have posted a photo. You just competed. Okay. I said, I know, I know Anton. Yeah. And I think I messaged you and asked yeah. you a little bit about it. And then a few weeks later, here I am and the rest is... The, the rest, rest is history. history. Yeah. A year later. Absolutely. So... Um, like I think it'd be good to talk a little bit about um, the strength and conditioning side as well. Like um, with the strength and conditioning, were you always just working with like um, higher level athletes and stuff like that, or were you working with other people and doing like rehabilitation stuff and, and that type of <clears throat> thing? Yeah. Well? So I guess with my degree, I wore two different hats. I yeah. had the strength and conditioning hat, which was probably state level, you know, academy level, yeah. and, and above. Uh, and then my other hat was um, more cl- clinical exercise physiology, so that was rehabbing. Yeah. And the the place where I was working, we mainly worked with um, the Department of Veterans Affairs. Yeah. Um, so just rehabbing the, um, the, the war vets. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those guys have got you know musculoskeletal issues. Yeah. Um, and obviously some me- some mental health issues as well, which we yeah. all know um, exercise is great for. For yeah. Um, so did that yeah for a few years, I suppose. The strength conditioning sort of stuff we worked with, yeah, UQ Rugby Academy. We worked with the uh, Minna Manly Seagulls. We did like rowing Queensland, triathlon Queensland. Yeah. So sort of a, a wide range there. With, with, with the more like elite athletes, did you mm. did you ever find any like commonalities in injuries and stuff like that? Um. Or is it more specific to the sport and stuff like that? It can be quite specific to the sport. So your contact sports, so like your rugby's and things like that, um, or your points of contact, so shoulders necks, heads, uh, and then the weight-bearing joints, so knees, things that get pinned, knees and ankles, whereas your triathletes, it's a lot more of that wear and tear. Repetition. Repetition, yeah, Yeah, 100%. (coughs) Like they'll do, you know, a multiple hour event on Mm. the weekend and they have to back up at training uh, the next couple of days and um, different body types too. Yeah. Um, So that can sometimes change. They're not so concerned with the um, heavy weights, that sort of thing. It's less combative less yeah um i don't want to say physically demanding but it's less probably um confrontational yeah yeah for sure um so that was yeah it's always interesting to, to less you know, explosive yeah, yeah exactly yeah. getting a few different strings to your bow yeah. in that in that sense yeah. so um i definitely sort of miss it a little bit yeah, yeah. definitely miss that competitive environment and as you know like there's nothing quite like getting eight to ten of your mates in the gym and everyone's got the the, the jukebox going yeah, yeah. and Everyone's given Working it a best hard. shot. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool environment, man. You definitely, um, like, push each other and kind of, like, um, like it really helps for you to just improve yourself because, you you know, it, you're not really competing against each other as much, but it helps to kind of create and facilitate that environment, which is always super fun when you work out in a, yeah. like, a like-minded group of people that are all working for the same goal, whether it's, you know, rugby or, you know, jiu-jitsu or triathlon or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun environment. Um, just kind of like comparing that to jiu-jitsu, I would say jiu-jitsu is pretty unique as in like it does have that competitive element, that explosive element like rugby and stuff like that too, but it also has 
I would say that probably the injuries are more likely to be they're more the repetitional type injuries for, for jiu-jitsu. That's my opinion. Now, again, because it has that interesting fusion, you can have those more explosive catastrophic injuries as well. Um, it, it, even with your like short time in jiu-jitsu, have you noticed like any of the people around or whatever, is there like a commonality of injuries that you can notice in jiu-jitsu that are occurring? Um, in yeah, in jiu-jitsu, yeah, definitely, as, as you were mentioning before, it's those repetitions, it's those long-term, yeah. whether you're getting constantly getting stacked. So, yeah. you know, your upper back and your neck start to, over time, yeah, give yeah. out. And like you said, like the balance of probability would, would suggest that, yeah, it's probably those sort of um, longer, more sustained injuries. Yeah. Um, but you're definitely right. You can, if someone falls the wrong way yeah, or, yeah. or something like that, you can yeah. easily do a knee elbow, I've definitely like that. had that situation occur so like <laughs> yeah, the, you, yeah. you can definitely you know have large catastrophic injuries and they're a lot less common um, but like anything that's competitive there's a risk of injury and you can hurt yourself and I would probably say like the most common injury that's catastrophic is is submissions what do you think Lucas like I would say that in terms of like like more um, catastrophic or like more um, like intense injuries generally come from just like poor decision making, people not wanting to yeah. concede or something like that, as opposed to like running into each other. So two, two weeks ago, I almost broke my arm because, um, and most of the times for me, for example, it happens when I go to I scramble and we're trying to pass the guard and we scramble. You know, I posted my hand on the floor, and my hand got stuck on the mat. He tried to to sweep me, you know, my hand and went like this. Yeah. And I, it felt the pop. I was like, stop, stop, stop. And yeah. luckily, yeah. I didn't break my arm. That's good. But I think sometimes it's more in those situations, people are scrambling. That time you were um, wrestling with Musuk. Yeah, yeah. He jumped for like a crazy takedown. Crazy takedown. Take right? yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I think this is the most um, catastrophic ones. That can happen, you know? Yeah, ju any jumping or flying type movement is super dangerous. That's why, like, in, in IFB, like, yeah, IBJJF Jiu-Jitsu, they outlaw jumping guard, jumping onto your partner to achieve some type of guard position, like, you know, getting getting control of their body by jumping onto them is illegal because if, if you haven't rehearsed the movement, you're not sure how it works, and that's the same thing that happened to me training with one of the students here is... They're not, a, they're not, they don't understand fully like what's going to happen. And all of the time they're not entering the position correctly. They're not even going to land in the correct control, but they're throwing their body weight. You know, it could be up to a hundred kilos at somebody else's body. That's a problem. That's the same with rugby. That's the same with whatever you, you're adding velocity to your body weight and you're throwing that at another human being. And that there's a high risk of injury for that because all it takes is, all right, it falls on your knee, your ankle, some, yeah. you know, doesn't compromise much. portion of your body that's in a bad position like your hand on the floor and man there's a lot of bad things can happen but the thing that i kind of wanted to like transition into is like um is there any like type of exercises or routines that people can adopt that will help with the, those long more long-term injuries because even like lucas is saying the he had more of like one of those you know extreme injuries that are less common it, what would you recommend for people like you know after then knowing of like your strength and conditioning background and stuff like that is there anything that people need to add because this is just like you know um anecdotal kind of stuff but i would say the majority of individuals that train here they use jujitsu as their 
exercise. Yeah. You know I mean, as they're conditioning, that's what they do, as opposed to doing their own exercise and conditioning stuff and then adding jujitsu. Is there is there something that you could recommend for the, some of the individuals that are having more chronic injuries and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, I think um, any sort of generalized strength and conditioning program is going to help. Um, so say if you have two individuals, one has no major injuries, <clears throat> him just sticking to your compound, yeah. just your standard like a deadlift, squat, bench, and like some sort of rowing or chin-up mm. activity is going to help sort of, I guess, bulletproof yeah. his, his body. To, yeah. It's going to withstand the rigors of, of you know, these contact sports better. Yeah. But some people, you know, may have a knee injury they have to work around. I think some some key components that I probably had to think about since starting is like probably like your grip yeah. is good. So exercises that challenge your grip are definitely going to translate into, really well. into better yeah. into better results. Um, <clears throat> some things like even like having a good and using a few variations of deadlift. You know, you get a good solid base that, and you get bang for your buck with your deadlift. Like yeah. it basically does the most of your most of your body yeah um probably another one would be like some neck exercises too yeah um it's probably an <clears throat> overlooked area of the body we're all yeah. happy to train from here down <clears throat> yeah but looks um, good on the beach looks good on the beach looks absolutely the beach. <laughs> absolutely Aesthetics no, nobody, is nobody's like. looking at their neck all the time uh, no one's look at that bloke with a thick neck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well someone might but someone might. it's not as common <laughs> yeah but it's definitely worth um you know worth thinking about particularly if you're wanting to stay in the sport for a little while or perhaps compete. Yeah. Um, just for injury prevention. It's probably yeah, just more like anything, a long, but... longevity type thing. Like I would yeah. say um, there's, there's so many students here, some of them that have been, you know, up to 10-year 10, 10 um, students that are always in and out of the gym and in and out of the gym and they have four months off and then they come and train for two months. And I think the problem is, is and we've talked like, – we talked um, on the first podcast with Michael Pegg who – has a um he has like a degree in exercise physiology oh, cool. and stuff as well and 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 the biggest thing is, is like people just don't get on top of their injuries so they'll they'll get an injury they'll take the three months off or the six weeks off 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 or whatever they'll you know do a couple exercises that the physio gave them or someone gave them for about five weeks or four weeks yeah. or three weeks sometimes only one week rest all right I feel good come back and then two months later or six weeks later or four weeks later they have the same injury or some other injury. And then the process starts again. And it's just this like perpetual cycle of being outside of the gym for four weeks and then coming back for four weeks and being outside of the gym for six weeks and coming yeah. back for six weeks. And um, I just think like people massively overlook like um, the thing you're talking about here is just having a generic strength and conditioning regime, which isn't necessary for athletes. It's necessary for anybody, yeah. anybody that does anything that's physically demanding even if it's like, man, even at your job, if your job is physically demanding, if it's a manual labor job, you need to do some type of strength and conditioning, weights, exercise, whatever, to, you know, allow your body right, to deal with all the stress of that job, the physical stress of that job or the physical stress of that activity. And I think that's something that most people completely overlook. And you shouldn't be using jiu-jitsu, rugby, whatever, which is a skill-based sport, to focus on like improving your physicality. Now you're gonna, you, it's gonna happen by default. You're gonna lose weight and all these things as well. But to keep your body safe and to keep your body healthy physically, you know, and keep your joints uninjured, keep your body uninjured, you have to have some type of like conditioning regime. Absolutely. And I think that's necessary for every human being, as opposed to like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You'll, you'll just feel better. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, it'll 
if if your daily kind of load requires you to be at this level, yeah. but you're training at this level, mm. then this is going to feel so much easier mm. on a day to day level. Um, and whether you know whether that's yeah conditioning going for a, a run, you know, might help you, might translate to lasting. You know, you mightn't be gassed after two rolls here. Yeah, yeah. you can do the five. Mm. Or if it's strength training, that's your that's sort of your thing. Then you'll find that. Oh, all of a sudden, I can manipulate my opponents mm. a little bit easier yeah. into positions that I want them in rather than fighting off your back or whatever you have to do the whole time. Yeah, I, I kind of see it more as in like they would be able to hold like safer postures for longer. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as opposed to like standing up and curling at their lower back, they'll be able to yeah. stay there and, and be safe for their body. And, and I think that's going to mitigate a lot of injuries for people um, just by being able to hold postures. You know what I mean? Like, So yeah, I think a good I, example of that it would be like if you look at if you were trying to break a closed guard yeah, exactly. and you need to have a good upper back posture absolutely squat deadlift they both require a very similar looking 100% um, posture, posture and physique and if you can yeah. load that posture safely in a gym yeah you know, all things equal, it should translate onto the... Yeah, onto it, will, the it will directly translate. And I, I just think, yeah, it's a, that's, that's like an interesting for me. And I know everyone's busy with their lives and all this stuff, but like I, I always, like I talk with a heap of people about just like getting like a baseline of things. And I always think like if you're not exercising regularly, if you're not sleeping, you know, the seven to nine hours a night, and if you're not eating generally healthily, you're not eating, you know, three balanced meals a day or whatever... Like, outside of that, like, if you can't get these three things sorted, you're not going to be comfortable in any aspect of your life. Like, these are the three basic things that are, that are needed. Not extras, they're necessary for you to be somewhat happy and comfortable with your body and the way you feel. And I think that, like, you know, of course, you know, people have got um, responsibilities, they've got families, they've got all these things, but, like, these are the three basic things that you need to incorporate into your life. If you can't incorporate these three basic things, how are you going to have comfort or physical comfort with your body all right, just the way it feels? You're going to have pains, you're going to have aches, you're going to feel horrible and all these things. And, and along with the physical exercise stuff, that includes stretching and all the, you know, um, the more like the, uh, the yin and yang style stuff, like the yang stuff being aggressive and powerful they talk about in yoga and activation you know lifting weights doing jiu-jitsu running blah blah you got to have the rebound stuff which is relaxing and stretching whatever and i've talked about on heaps of podcasts like that's something that i've always struggled with always go like most dudes smash everything do weights and then you get injured and and then you come back and the same thing that we're talking about with the six week on six week off and i've definitely gotten better as as i've gotten older and stuff like that and realize that it's not about just redlining all the time and getting as big as possible and powerful because it leads to injury it leads to injury and and it's not the best method methodology to kind of like increase your strength and everything like that now it's more now i'm just focusing on maintaining and maintenance and you know staying healthy like i'm talking about now but i think that's particularly just like um people that do jiu-jitsu for like um you know just like a lifestyle activity it's you would be surprised at how little people um i would think actually do any type of strength and conditioning or stretching or eat well or sleep properly and and then you know i mean that massively affects the way they feel and the way they perform and stuff like that but a lot of people don't even consider that portion of training so yeah it's just an interesting thing to kind of mention it is um it's a fairly simple formula but it's hard to implement 100 percent, yeah in theory, and it, and it's a lot like jujitsu. It's in theory, it's it, the, the concepts, the principles, everything makes sense. But actually doing it and performing is another story, and and that's not that simple because 
you got so many other things going on. There's so much stuff to understand. There's stress. You know, if you're talking about jujitsu, when you're rolling, there's stress. There's a guy trying to kill you. You're trying to kill them. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, and it becomes this like, you know, chaotic mess. And, and I think, you know, life, and I, man, I've said this probably on every single episode, but jujitsu is a, is a controlled representation of exactly what life is. It's, it, it, you exposed to that chaotic up and down. You're exposed to the ups and downs and the craziness and the chaos of life. And it helps you deal with life. It teaches you how to deal with it. You're learning on a micro level how to do it on a macro level over your whole life. And it's just a, yeah, I think it's super important that. No, I'm definitely, like I suppose, living that at yeah. the moment, like being um, relatively new to the sport. Mm-mm-mm. You come in and everything's just fog you don't yeah, take yeah. anything in the fog of war you sure. just someone's on top of you trying to like either fold you in ways you don't need to be folded mm. choke you mm. all these kind of things then over time as you stop and learn to breathe yeah, yeah. think just for a second yeah. again metaphor to life it's like things aren't always going to be easy no but if we stop and just think for two seconds yeah. there's a way around it there's a way out there's an easier way to do things yeah i'm definitely living that and learning that at the moment that like it probably took so I've come just over been trained just over a year and can wrap the background everything's one verse one confrontational tense up flex yeah. up um, try to muscle out everything it's probably taken me like nine months of the year to yeah. find, and it's finally not definitely not perfect at it by any, any yeah. means, but it's definitely again there's moments there where you just stop and there's clarity and you can just think if I just do these couple of small small things mm. I'm not going to mount anymore or I'm yeah. out of side control or he has to change now yeah, and it's you know it's just a constantly changing environment, and then yeah, you can definitely take away some of those lessons and apply that to whether it's work, life, For whatever's sure. yeah. whatever's happening. I remember when I first started jiu-jitsu. Um, I think in the beginning it's very hard to. The, I think the first thing you understand the broad picture of jiu-jitsu, how the thing works, you know. In the beginning, you don't know if you're doing yeah, you don't the know right what, thing. What the, what you don't know. I'm I'm, I'm on the top right now. Am I good or bad right now? Yeah. You know. So in the beginning, for me, it was just trying to realize if to understand the broad picture, and then I started developing my bottom game. And after a while, I was like, I'm good on the bottom, but I'm I'm not good on the top. So I need to work on the top right now, yeah. you know, and. With uh, with that, I have a question. You guys have a, a rugby background. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's any aspect that helped with the rugby, or something that was bad? The part that's aggressive of rugby that really yeah. didn't think, help with yeah, jiu-jitsu. What do you think rugby helped with, and what do you think rugby yeah, kind of made like, it difficult with? It's probably one of those double-edged swords. Like you're very comfortable, like physically. being yeah physically grappling being in close contact with people but the way out in rugby is through strength and power yeah i will throw you to the ground tackle done yeah. um, or i'll you know palm you off yeah i just exert more force when I, I achieve yeah. my goal yeah. yeah generally speaking if i'm bigger than you i'll win the confrontation mm. jiu-jitsu that uh i guess comfort in people being on top of you and uh, grappling with you is is fine but the way out's generally never to, yeah. yeah, to just throw someone or use, you know, exert power. Force, and, yeah, yeah, exert more force in them generally. Um, I remember Eduardo saying early on once that if you're having, you know, if two two bulls are butting their heads, there's an easier way. Mm. You don't have to, um, you know, just go head to head with someone and try and outmuscle them. There's yeah. generally a way around it. And it's not a very effective system. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Can also vouch for that. Yeah. 
first few first few months, you would just leave absolutely gassed, and you mm. look around, and some people just get up and walk away. They're fine, mm. and here I was, like buckled over, breathing hard. Mm. Can't like my hands were sore from gripping, Grip. just white knuckle gripping, yeah. just the whole the whole twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's getting better. Definitely not <clears throat> great at it yet, but it's yeah. getting better as the more the more and more you come. Yeah. So I would say, like, for me, um, like, I actually started jiu-jitsu quite early on. I started when I was about 14. So I had already been exposed to jiu-jitsu before I even learned how to be, like, really powerful and aggressive and stuff. I was still a kid. So I think I have a slightly different entry into jiu-jitsu because of the age in which I started. But um, definitely, in general, I would say what most um, particularly – um, contact athletes like physical contact athletes um, where you're running into each other have over general people is decision making under pressure whether it's catching a ball running into somebody or whatever you have milliseconds of time to make certain decisions and generally speaking people that have been put under those stressful environments have a better ability to make decisions under pressure I'm not saying that they make good decisions some of them are still going to react and use power or whatever because, like you're saying, that's what you've been taught for so long. But you generally have a better ability to kind of like navigate through the chaos of stuff and just make decisions and not like go, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh. Whereas a lot of people that have never been exposed to anything stressful, that's kind of their that fight or flight response. Somebody that's done something confrontational and physical and run into other people before, they will react to fight and, and explode and whatever, right? Somebody that doesn't have that is just going to react and go, oh, shit, what do I do? What do I do? And they kind of freeze a little bit and they don't really do anything yeah. at all. So I would say that's one major difference. And then so for me, the thing that I was good at was definitely the decision-making process stuff. Now, I was again, I was exposed to jiu-jitsu a little earlier. So the explosive stuff I definitely was doing, but it wasn't as extreme because I, 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 just, I was a lot younger and I didn't have the ability to explode at the same rate as a fully grown man yeah so i had to rely on being more tactical and it's the same thing that you find with with individuals that are generally smaller they don't have the ability to rely on their yeah. strength and power so they have to find some other avenue to have some success but um i would say yeah generally speaking most guys or girls that do a power-based sport whether it's power lifting whether it's fit, uh, crossfit whether it's rugby whether it's whatever something that's but again, the, the basis of the sport is speed, strength, power. and power generation, generation of power. They're always going to lean towards that and because they're going to be, they're going to have, they're going to excel in that attribute compared to the general public. So the problem with that is you start to rely on a physical attribute all right, to make up for your lack of technical understanding and knowledge. And going back to like kind of Luke's point, I would say that most gyms in general don't actually teach the, the what jiu-jitsu is. They teach techniques. They teach how to do this. They teach how to do this movement, but they don't actually teach how jiu-jitsu works as a system, as an overall art, how to, how to make an efficient um, posture and movement system and how, that actually, how, how to understand that and how to apply that to other people. And I think that's where um, it, the coaching is, is super important. Like whoever... It's, it's your responsibility as a coach to actually transfer this information to somebody else. And it's not easy because, again, if you are a, a skilled coach, right, and the same thing if you're a skilled coach as a strength conditioner, you're on page 
you know, 1,070 and they're on page one and they're trying to understand what you know about weightlifting <laughs> yeah. and all that. And the same thing with jiu-jitsu. I need to somehow bridge the gap from page 1,070 to page 10. And there's all that information in between that you have to try to get them up to speed on as quickly as possible. Definitely. And it's not an easy skill to do that. It's actually very difficult to coach. It's very easy to transfer information onto other people. Uh, sorry, it's very difficult to transfer information to other, information to other people. Um, and I think like most gyms don't actually focus on that much at all. And I'm not saying it has to be the only focus. Of course, people need to get good at the rehearsing and the physical postures and how to do it all and step-by-step techniques and stuff. But like, um, Lucas was saying before, like when you first start jujitsu and even for me, I didn't understand anything. You just like, oh, someone showed you this technique. So you go, all right, grab here, do this. And you do the, and you do the technique. And if you're strong enough, fast enough, athletic enough, whatever, or you're, tactical enough you'll be able to do it but it's just like all right you're in this you're just thrown into the deep end of the pool and you just start throwing <laughs> movements together and you're like oh shit i'm i'm, I'm floating all right great uh, <laughs> oh now i'm not in some shit and you start trying again it's like you're just in like this perpetual state of drowning and trying not to drown and drowning and trying not to drown and it's it's very stressful and it's very uncomfortable and it's very um um weird but like if you can kind of like just focus in when you, that haze is in front of you and the chaos is around you. you. Go, holy shit! What am I supposed to do? Where is my training? Where is my training? Oh shit! Kimura, boom, 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 and then you do the thing. And like, the more you can kind of do that, the more you can kind of focus in or zone in on just like, holy shit! Where am I? What do I do? Like, eventually, it starts to become like, all right, where am I? Oh man, I'm in the closed garden, and and it just gets better and better. Like. First, it's like the, the perpetual drowning state of going, oh, shit, oh, oh, gargling water, whatever. All right, then you move into like, okay, where am I? Oh, where am I? Where am I? Oh, closed guard. Okay, I'm in the closed guard. And then as you get more autonomous with stuff, you're like, oh, closed guard, got the grip, bang, kick the guy here, boom, oh, he defended back, oh, whatever. And it becomes just more fluid and, and um, interchangeable because there's some autonomy. You don't have to think anymore. You, you're starting to yeah. perform everything. But yeah. The initial stage of jiu-jitsu is complete chaos, and it's kind of like you could you could probably compare it to like becoming an adult as a as a yeah. as a human being. Like the first transition to um, being independent and like understanding that you're an adult now and you're responsible for yourself and your parents are no longer looking after you in the same way. That like holy shit, what do I do? It's just like this <laughs> retarded fumbling of like uh, through life and figuring things out and getting a job and renting a place and blah blah. blah. Like it's the same kind of um, situation, but you're just doing it with like a combative martial art with somebody else. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like moving out on your own for the first time. Yeah, moving out. Yeah. Grocery shop, cook, clean, yeah. pay bills, get a job, wash your clothes, yeah, wash yeah. your clothes, all that sort of thing, hmm. all within a very short space of time. Space of time, exactly. And I'd, I would say, like with jujitsu, that's definitely. Um, the, the the same kind of parallel that you're gonna you're gonna find like it's just so overwhelming for for everybody because like it, it's just so new so different so completely unintuitive and like there's some areas that are intuitive but most of it's not it's not intuitive at all like a, a lot of other sport activities are a little more intuitive like playing with balls and like standing on your feet and keeping your balance. But particularly the ground stuff in jiu-jitsu is so unintuitive and so completely um, left field of people's understanding that it's it's just like, what is this contorting mess that's going on here? And you have to really be present. And like Tim, Tim, Tim 
was talking yesterday. We did a podcast with him yesterday about um, the way he compared practicing music to learning jujitsu. And if you come with the approach that he was talking about, you really will get good. And it's not an enjoyable. It's not an enjoyable way to learn, though. It's a very repetitive, boring way. But that's the only way to get good. Yeah. It's the only way to get good. And he said he's holding his base and he's like, uh, 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 oh, that was wrong. Uh, don't, 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 oh, no, that was wrong. All right, fix my finger a little bit. Uh, do, do. Oh, there we go. All right, that was good. Do, do, do. Oh, my finger was off. And the same thing you have to do with techniques of jiu-jitsu. The more you go, all right, close guard, foot on the hip, twist my body, hold the shoulders, leg over the head, armbar. Oh, my hips are twisted. Oh, that's wrong. And you start again and you do the technique and you really focus on what you're doing. Eventually, after a thousand repetitions, 10,000 repetitions, it's going to be not perfect, but almost perfect. It's going to get to a point where you can really rely on those movements. You can really rely on the performance of those contractions. And that's the same thing with the dun, 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 ah, fell off. Ah, dun, dun, dun. And, And again, it's not flattering. The realities of everything you do are not really flattering. Again, there's the ups, which are amazing and they are flattering and that's what people make highlight videos of. They're highlights. It's not everything. That's the thing. <laughs> we live so much on YouTube and, and YouTube, uh, Instagram, Instagram, everything. All you see is the highlights. And the highlights of life are a small fraction. They're, they're 5% of what, what's happening. Then you've got the lowlights, all the horrible stuff. There's another 5%. The other 90%, it's in the middle ground. And yeah. it's just the boring hard work that can tend like, yeah, just do the same position over and over and over and over uh, to get to that point where you can reach all right, the highs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like an interesting like way that he described it, which was really cool yeah. to kind of listen to because it's the same in judo, it's the same in wrestling, it's the same in jiu-jitsu. You just over and over and over perform um, the technique. Um, with, with like starting jujitsu, how what was your experience starting here and like um, how oh. did you feel and how did you kind of navigate through that? Um, <clears throat> definitely a, a fish out of water. To start with, again, you, you, you turn up and you're shown a technique and as soon as you move outside of those those very small parameters at anything more Darkness. than half speed, yeah. just here comes the fog and you just like, yeah. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. I'm either on top, on bottom, what, now what? Yeah. Um, but again, slowly you do, you do piece it together. I think, again, coming from the rugby contact background, I was able to probably incorrectly like muscle your way out of yeah. situations. I think it's just a fairly natural kind of kind of response. I don't think but, it's a wrong response either. Like I think a lot of people are always like, hey, never use strength, never use strength. All right, no, 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 wait a second. All right, there's times you use your strength. There's yeah. times, there's there's particular portions of, of time and timing that you should exert force. You just yeah. can't use it for everything. You can't use that as a blanket thing that's just going to, you, you're going to overcome technicality, speed, and everything with strength, which is how people use it. And the secondary thing I like to say, the people that don't use force are the people that don't have the ability to. Yeah. Anybody that has the ability to exert strength <laughs> will do it. you have force, use yeah. it. Yeah, yeah correct. It's a tool, the, 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 the people, correct. The people that are very flexible, whatever, that's what they use. The people that are very quick and fast and agile, that's what they use. All right. Your attributes are a complement to your jiu-jitsu, but they're not what you should rely on. And this is where this, this misconception, because the most... The most common backhanded compliment for jiu-jitsu is, man, you're a strong guy, dude. Oh, man, you're so strong. And you know how many times I've been told that at competitions after submitting somebody else or beating them? Man, you're so strong, bro. Oh, my God. Just, 
Oh, really? Oh, that's why you lost because I'm super strong. All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, but like. So that's, yeah. Oh, I'll take that then. <laughs> no, no. The, yeah. the, um, it, the thing is, is like it, when, when you're starting off jiu-jitsu, you don't know when you should exert that's, and you just yeah. do it at all that's times. That's true, yeah. So. That's, that's actually probably a more correct thing to say is that you use it at inappropriate times. Absolutely. You're yeah. wasting so much of your energy 100%. on fruitless endeavor. <laughs> Within two minutes of the oh. role starting, you know what I mean? And then Gas. two minutes to three minutes in, you're just like, <gasps> yeah, you're I can't keep up in. anymore. And yeah. the problem is, is generally speaking, if you're both beginners, you're both doing that. <laughs> and then, like I've watched this before, like I've watched this before and I'm, and it's not got anything to do with you, but just like I've watched two like beginner white belt athletes or practitioners of jiu-jitsu that, you know, they're rolling for, you know, six minutes or something like that and three minutes in and, and from the beginning, it's already to the death, right? It's to the death. The craziness going on. This guy's doing this, and they're pulling each other. And then someone does a sweep, and then they pass, and then they get to the mount and they get an armbar. And now the guy kind of gets on top in the armbar and he's defending. But now the guy on the bottom is so tired he can't even exert the force when he needs to in the correct time. He doesn't have the ability anymore. He's right there. He's about to finish, but he has no power left. And then the guy pulls his arm out, and then the, he goes onto the mount, and then he gets an armbar. And now that this guy on the top is so tired, he's trying to do the armbar as well. He doesn't have any power <laughs> left over. And now you've just got this crazy role of like people trying to finish each other, but they just don't physically have the strength anymore to do it. And it's so interesting. And so like, again, it is comical because somebody, for me watching that at like a, at a completely different understanding, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's funny. It's, it's interesting. It's it, ugly to see. It, it, yeah, of course it is a little bit ugly because there's craziness going on, but it's comical. It's funny because they're even in the situation that they wanted to do, but they worked so hard to get there. They wasted all their bullets on the way that they've got no bullets left in the chamber. They can't even pull the trigger to achieve their goal. And it's a, yeah, it's just a funny paradoxical scenario and so many paradoxical scenarios in jiu-jitsu where, you know, again, about the learning stuff and, and winning and all this stuff. Like there's a, there's a paradox in jiu-jitsu where if you're – total focus on is to win roles you end up losing yeah. but if your focus is to learn improve and get better at jiu-jitsu you end up winning and the goal and the way you the way you approach changes the outcomes of everything and it's not only jiu-jitsu you know what i mean but it's just a, it's a, an interesting thing to kind of like point out and note all the time and yeah it's just funny but no, yeah continue. absolutely yeah, i would say yeah my my i guess starting of jiu-jitsu probably paralleled that pretty well and yeah it's taken the nine months to a year for it to finally kind of sink in that yeah you know you often will learn more at a slower pace role where yeah. you just kind of you know everyone's defending at 60 70 percent attacking yeah. at 60 70 percent you're going to get much more out of that yeah yeah yep, you don't necessarily walk out totally redlined and gassed but yeah. you walk out it's not what we're here for yeah you're here to get better at jiu-jitsu not for your fitness class that can be your 5k run sure. or, your, or or at least don't do it every session yeah, i mean you want true. to do a fitness class do it once a week rather than yeah. four times a week or three times yeah. a week you know what i mean so um absolutely right there is, there is times for that heated very heavy, heavy yeah. role but otherwise generally speaking most of your most of the time it'll just be you know going through at a, at a firm pace yeah 100 like yeah, yeah probably 70 80 percent you want to do like 90 yeah. percent of your training at that kind of intensity um yeah. something else that i would like to note about that kind of um situation is like as as you get more experience, you can train at a higher intensity and still be aware of stuff. But again, the initial stage of starting stuff, 
same as riding a bike, whatever. It's confusing. It's you, 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 you're emotionally responding to things or whatever. Like you don't have the ability, yeah, to compose yourself under stress, particularly stress that you're unfamiliar with. Someone gripping you here, lying on their back, wrapping their legs around your neck, all this stuff that's completely unusual to you. And you start freaking out and panicking. Like training at a high intensity initially, it, again, it's a normal progression. You do need, like you said, it take, you, took you about nine months to find some consciousness yeah. in jiu-jitsu. You know what yeah. I mean? And it is a normal stage of jiu-jitsu, but anybody that can do that earlier is going to get to that second stage of consciousness earlier. And it gives you the ability to learn earlier. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you're, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to analyze, to recognize, to take in information, to take in stimuli. And and, and like Tim was saying, adjusting the... Do, 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 uh, that didn't work with his bass guitar, right? With his fingers, putting his fingers on on the on the um, the strings, the guitar strings. You you're not giving you, yourself enough cognition to actually recognize where your finger is, why it was there. All right, well, it didn't sound correct. Where should I move my finger here? Whatever. Like, you you when you train at that really really high intensity, all right, but you don't have the ability yet to be composed in those scenarios. You're kind of wasting your time. Because all of that effort you're putting into training, you're not actually taking in. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, all you're getting really is just an intense workout, but you're not getting much information. You're not getting any feedback. You're not getting yeah. any improvement. So like you're saying, and like you've figured out now at this point, is it's much better to train at you know, 60 to 80% of your overall intensity and exchange techniques with somebody 100%. else. Yeah. Attempt, fail, adjust. And I don't mean failures and you have to get submitted every time, but you yeah. attempt to sweep them. They block the sweep. You go, all right, what did I make a mistake on? Oh, I need to make sure that that doesn't happen. All right, grip the wrist this time. And now I sweep, oh, it worked, whatever, yeah. right? And I think too, just getting rid of a bit of the, I guess when you're a newcomer, like the ego around lo losing, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no one cares. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, cool, yeah, you tap me in a roll. Yeah. So what? Yeah. See, see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of individuals that will compete in basic roles as if they're you know fighting for medals or money or whatever. But, you know they're fighting to the death. Their pride's on the line, but no one cares, man. It's just yep. a random gym on a Tuesday night. Yep. No one's interested in in winning. No one cares. No one cares. No one's gonna remember this in five years' time. No one's gonna remember this tomorrow. No one gives a shit. So yep. that's definitely a much better like attitude and approach to to the training. Um. Just like kind of moving into a completely different area, like you you mentioned before that you're also a paramedic, mm -hmm. and like we we also want to like kind of understand how jujitsu connects in like other areas of life and stuff like that. And you know, paramedics are very very stressful job, and you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. And um, I just have a question to do with like two main things. It's like one with the stress of being a paramedic and, and stuff like that, do you find jiu-jitsu... I'll, I'll, I'll do it a two-part question. I'll ask this one first. I'll ask yeah. another one second. But <clears throat> yeah. do you find that jiu-jitsu helps with, like, managing stress or kind of like um, kind of like a form of meditative activity that, like, really helps with, like, the, your level of stress and, and how you feel, like, overall? Is that something that... Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely, yeah. It's something that's I've noticed in the last year, definitely... Probably more so these last probably three to six months as I've kind of clicked a bit more here. Yeah. Um, decision making under pressure, which yeah. we've talked about before. Um, so probably yeah, and, and so that, I guess that's in a clinical sense. So when you're going to what could potentially be a stressful job, 
you're going there and you're doing like all your calculations in your head for whether it's drug calculations, person's weight, that yeah. kind of thing, what drugs I might need to give this person, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can do that and then when you get there and the person's a completely different size or it's yeah. completely different to what has been put on the, our little screen. Yeah. So that, there's two options there. You can freak yeah. or you can say, that's okay, we'll manage, like, you yeah. know, we'll deal with it, we'll manage whatever comes our way, we'll yeah. manage it, which I think is, you can get parallels here. Yeah. Not everything's going to go to plan. Yeah. yeah. You just have to manage, find a way out, mm. think through it. Um, so that one, and then I guess in a, that's in a clinical sort of sense, in yeah. a physical sense, we also go to patients who are, who are quite unwell, can be quite agitated. Yeah. So it does give you a, a, um, a confidence, I suppose, to approach those those yeah, patients sometimes nice. too. Yeah. Um, and in no way does that mean that we're going to like, be physical with them or use physical restraint, but you just think it just... Um, it it just gives you a different a level of confidence yeah, exactly as an that, individual. Yeah. yeah, if this person was to grab me, I know how to break a grip. Yeah. That kind of thing. I can, or I can manage distance. Where do I feel comfortable? How close do I want to get to this patient before... Yeah. Like we've been to patients' houses where like, there's lots of like there's lots of knives mm. around, and like we can't always wait for QPS to come that kind of thing as mm. well. So sometimes there's those sort of situations. Sometimes patients a very common one valley on the weekend. There's been a fight. Someone always loses. They don't like losing. They're agitated, but we need to assess them. Um, and sometimes that frustration can be borne out onto us yeah. or. or you know, all that sort of thing. So it definitely gives you a confidence to, yeah, both clinically in decision-making yeah. and then physically in terms of um, if this person was to either A, grab me or B, um, you know, become agitated towards yeah. me, I can manage my distance, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. What about just like with the general stress of life? Does it help with like make having you like a, a less... Um, yeah, just like a less stressed outlook from all the stress you're taking on from work and stuff like that. So a lot of people would use jiu-jitsu or a lot of other physical training um, as, you know, a stress release type activity. Is that Absolutely. something that yeah, it kind of says Yeah, you can, come, you can come here and many times you've had a, you know, less than ideal day at work. Yeah. You come here and I don't know what it is, but you step inside and you forget about it all. Yeah. And you can, you know, you can compartmentalize it, process it, but here's just a good... It's a good circuit breaker almost. Yeah. You come here, you forget about it, and you can just move on. Even if it's only for the, the time of the class, yeah, you know, one hour, two hours, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think it's incredibly valuable yeah. to be able to have that in your back pocket, mm. to know that I can just go to a, switch to a off class, for a little switch bit. off to a class, yeah. come here to a group of people who, you know, for the most part, aren't going to talk about work or anything yeah. like that. They're just going to come here and they're just going to chat about other things or. So oh, I tried this, didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I did. Oh man, you almost got me with this. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And you can just forget about whatever's going on in the in the background there mm. for for an hour or two a day, which is yeah, it's really nice to have that to be able to draw on. Yeah. Um. So that's something yeah, I've definitely definitely taken out of it. Yeah. So the second part of the question already kind of like you kind of mentioned a little bit, but from my understanding, and I don't know the statistics or anything behind this, mm. but from what I understand and what I've listened and heard before is like paramedics have like one of the highest rates of being exposed to violence or having violence like acted out on them um, of, of any of the like public health servants and stuff like that in the, in the government system. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, is that, is that an accurate statement? And, and, and like, is what, is there particular violence and stuff that you have been exposed to that you can mention or not? Yeah. Um, and like, do you, do you think that it's important that people that are in these types of roles that are under these stress situations interacting with people, do you think it's like important, like necessary or important that they take on some type of 
self-defense or martial art kind yep. of activities? Um, so I guess personally, I've I've never I've not been physically assaulted at work. Yeah. Definitely caught a few sprays. Yeah. Definitely verbally. Yeah. Verbally abused quite oh semi regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say. Um, so that's and and like I'm a I guess I'm a I'm a realist in the fact that if I'm in this job long enough, yeah, chances are at some stage it will happen. Yeah. Um, to varying degrees. Yeah. Um, I guess you just have to be very um, conscious of that and then try, try to minimize the yeah, chances. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the statistics, but I imagine that paramedics would be one of probably the like you know. Um, the highest percentages for for that sort of thing. Yeah. We definitely and it definitely still happens. Um, so, just oh, probably like two months ago, we were on a job and then you hear come across the radio that like um, like paramedics have been assaulted. Yeah. And that there's a little um, orange button. If yeah. it has anything to do with ambulances, there's a little yeah. orange button up there. That's the duress alarm. So when that gets pushed, it opens up all the comms. Yeah. So then everything that you said is recorded. Yeah. Um, so it definitely does happen. And in my time, so two and a half years, I would have probably heard that push probably five or six times. Yeah, easy. Yeah. And that's just the days that I'm at work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you can I guess extrapolate those numbers. So yeah, it does happen quite a does happen quite a bit. Um, I, I think yeah, it's from from talking to older paramedics, it's yeah. getting better. Okay. It's it is getting better slowly. Yeah. But there's also there's always still that. Um, uh, that problem where I guess people have had too much to drink or taken other substances, they're not yeah. quite thinking the way that they would potentially normally think. Yeah, um, that's the obvious stuff. There's also a bit more of the sort of the insidious sort of stuff. So we often go to like domestic violence cases. Yeah, yeah. Where often the accuser is at home as well. Yeah. And then you have to, I guess, be very aware of looking for subtle signs of you know people, and then potentially they can become quite agitated yeah. if they've cottoned on that we've worked out what's going on. Yeah. So they can, um, yeah, they can sometimes be a bit of a dangerous um, sort of scenario. And I guess, yeah, it's just always important to know like little things that you pick up that yeah. you probably wouldn't pick up is that for me personally, mate, when I walk into a, a new room, first thing you look for is the exit yeah. and that sort of thing. So um, that's probably something that's probably happened since starting, yeah, yeah. Um, since starting paramedics. But personally, no, no sort of... Um, physical altercations, altercations anything, yeah. whether that's luck yeah. being a male you know all these kinds yeah, yeah. all these kinds of things um so yeah it's but yeah yeah i'm very aware that you know it could be the next shift you don't you just don't know yeah um but it does still happen quite a lot and i i personally like my my personal opinion would be i would like to see a focus on some sort of very basic sort of self-defense as we're sort of brushing on before yeah. before we put the cameras on just sort of saying that like whilst we're the non-combative arm of the services with the non-confrontational the non-physical yeah. restraint side um, we're still exposed to a lot of that yeah. and it would be nice comforting um, I guess for people to have at least a grounding in some in some form of self-defense I, yeah. I know a few guys at work who do jiu-jitsu yeah. at various clubs around around Brisbane mm. um, and they're sort of all saying the same sort of thing yeah. just gives them that confidence you know that, yeah. those those carry over those transitional kind of skills um so i think that would be something because at the moment we receive very little yeah and i can understand the justification for it yeah. because it's not our not our role. role yeah um but I think yeah you put from, into those situations yeah. so it's it, it, even though it's not your role it's more as like a 
preservation thing for you guys. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, regardless of whether it's your role or not, I think everybody, and, and this is, again, like you're saying, that you, you're finding now colleagues and other people putting it in their own interest to go and do that on their own. And yeah. like, um, I, look, I don't want to say anything inflammatory or anything like that, but like I, I believe it's the responsibility of the, the Australian government or the Queensland government or whatever to ensure, like, man, you, all, all of these services, whether it be, because, man, it, it, it be a teacher, a police officer, a paramedic, any type of health care professional, whatever, even nurses and stuff in the wards, like, it, it's, they, they're like the key, they're the, the keystone of, of the, of like our society, man, these people put back into the, into the community on another level that you can't compare with so many other situations. You know what I mean? You rely on all of these people and all these jobs and whether it's, you know, better for their mental health or they give them confidence or give it like they, they feel safer or whatever. And they're more, they're more enjoyable, right. Of just the position in the way they're working because of stuff. I think it's important that, and again, you can't do this in a one-day seminar no. and all these things. That that's generally how it's presented. All right, fine, fine. We'll do this thing for you guys. Here's a a two-day seminar every year that you can go to to learn how to self-defense. No, 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 no. And I think it should be subsidized to some extent or whatever. Where whether you're going to your own respective gyms or or there is a you know what I mean a gym that's run by the the Queensland government whether it be martial arts or exercise or whatever, where it's mandatory for people to go and train twice a week, whatever. This is, and, and again, it's like that three basic things I talked about before. You have people in these high stress jobs that are working under crazy duress and getting yelled at and getting assaulted and all this stuff. And man, they're going home, they're, they're, they're working huge hour shifts, they're going home, eating whatever they can, going to bed and doing this stuff. And I think it's mandatory, it should be mandatory. You know what I mean? Like they're making all these other things mandatory. Man, basic three things of life should be mandatory. Sleep a certain amount, eat right, and exercise yeah. regularly. All right, yeah. minimum twice a week for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever, right? And I think particularly in all these like healthcare professions and, and the, uh, the, you know, the police force and stuff, it should be, I think it should be mandatory for them to do some type of martial arts training, jiu-jitsu, something. I, I believe jiu-jitsu is probably the the best um balanced version of self-defense stuff because it's close quarters comfort and defense system for everyday people you don't need to be explosive you don't need to be super powerful you don't need to be anything if you learn how jiu-jitsu works you can physically defend yourself and survive against people much bigger than you it, mechanically the way it works the way your body works. If you learn how to use your body against other people, you can survive, you can defend yourself as opposed to standing up and throwing strikes and all this stuff where, again, you also have a higher risk of killing somebody else. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that, that's my belief. I think that that should be mandatory. And it's not only going to um, you know, give them confidence, it's going to improve them as human beings, man. It's yeah. going to improve everything around them and everyone around them. You, you, Jiu-jitsu not only gives you the confidence to defend yourself, but it, it's a, it's a, such a powerful pathway for, again, to, for you to learn all these little lessons about life in a controlled environment and then push you to be a better human being. And, yeah, I think the more people that are exposed to it in the community on any setting, particularly in these high-stress jobs, I think is yeah, no, going to be I, a massive, massive I change. totally agree. I think, um, again, I, like I'm relatively 
very like new in this and already in that short space of yeah. time. Like the benefits that I've personally felt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I said, across all the services, teachers, the whole the whole lot. Like my wife's a teacher. Yeah. They have to break up school fights. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You know, these kinds of things. It's like, would you be confident with no training yeah. to walk into two 90 kilo 17 year olds going hammer and tongs at each yeah. other? Yeah. Like, how, how are you going to handle that scenario? All and and like, most of yeah. the time, you know, they won't be able to and they just have to allow it to happen or get somebody else, like you're saying, pull the duress, call the duress button. Yep, exactly. And, and, I, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong either and people should protect themselves and not put themselves in harm's way, of course, but like at least give people the opportunity yeah, yeah. to <laughs> be able to feel comfortable, protect themselves and also just improve the quality of everything around you because, man, it's a trickle-down effect, you know what I mean? Oh, like. Yeah. You you now have this confidence and you have this um, understanding. You have the ability to defend yourself and everybody else in that service industry, whatever does as well. It's going to change the interaction of these people with people that they deal with. Also, like I, the, I, I'm a strong believer in this as well. But whether it police force, teachers, whatever, they don't have to now overreact or go to a certain level of aggression anymore because they're not insecure about the fact that like, oh, I'm threatened or whatever. They don't have a threatened scenario anymore. Yeah. They don't feel threatened. And when you don't feel threatened with, or you don't give off that type of, I, I, I don't know, energy, but like this sense or this aura that you, and I'm not talking like auras in like spirituality and stuff like that. People can sense how you kind of are presenting yourself, the aura of you, your presence, people can kind of interact with and feel. And if it's insecure and worried or whatever, people, man, this is what happens in a lot of situations. You're going to find people, yeah. uh, they can sense, you know, dogs smell fear. Absolutely. Man, people can too. I, I, anecdotally, I've yeah. got no, like, no hard evidence. But yeah. again, another thing you pick up pretty quickly as a paramedic is you learn to read rooms yeah. and people 100%. relatively quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can, you can 100% pick I think, up that vibe. I think jiu-jitsu helps a lot you how to read people as well. Um, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for almost 10 years and one thing that I really think I got really good is um, being more sensitive with Anton always talks about uh, being connected to people and creating this feeling of understanding connection and uh, a lot of times I competed I you really feel when someone uh, do a grip on your gay and you feel them shaking it's uh, already won the fight when I feel the guys is not confident, you know, mm -hmm. he already one step ahead. Yeah. So I think, I think jujitsu, because you always in uncomfortable positions, you have to create this comfort while you are uncomfortable. Yeah. It helps a lot to build this confidence, you know, and it helps with everything. In my opinion, my opinion that is that, um, they, they should, put a martial arts mandatory in schools for kids. So any martial arts, I think, judo or jiu-jitsu, you know, yeah. I think should be mandatory for kids to do um, any kind of self-defense. Yeah, I think I, that would be it's a helpful good idea, for, for sure. society. Absolutely. I think, like, in all levels of society, but, I, yeah, I, I agree with that too. Like, I think if you can put it in schools, great. If you can... But I think it should be 100% mandatory for people in all these service industries, man. Like on all levels, it's going to improve human beings and, and, and um, like their interaction with the community. And that's kind of where I was getting to off of that aura. The, mm. Like, man, if you're stressed or threatened by a situation and you know that that person, that human being, that thing, whether it's a police officer, paramedic, whatever, you're not going to be able to do your job 
in the same way you would normally because you're now in a threatened situation. You feel threatened. Now, whether it's a police officer that overreacts because the person's big and powerful and aggressive and yelling over the top of you and you've lost control of the situation. So instead of handling it it the way you would have normally, you now end up overexerting. You end up doing something that's wrong and you have, you know, somebody injured or, or, you know, gravely, you know, um, receiving some, you know, whatever, broken bones, whatever, something massively wrong that shouldn't be happening, an overexertion of force, or uh, a teacher that has, you know, two big guys that, man, there's no way they're going to step in front of and and, and stop, separate something and one of them could get hurt. Or if they do it and like, oh, I better get in the way, they're going to get injured. So exactly. it, it just gives people a deeper understanding of, of things that actually happen day to day. Like, Violence is never going to disappear from society. So what you have to do is teach people how to deal with violence. And jiu-jitsu is a very controlled way of learning how to deal with violence. And it's a very, very controlled way to deal with violence as well. And, and, and it's, it, man, it's absolutely necessary. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like, it's, it's just an interesting conversation because um, we've talked with some, like, police officers and stuff like that around the gym and stuff like that. And, and this is something that they kind of mentioned as well, like, this is an important area that's kind of overlooked a little bit. And um, it's not only in the police force, it's in, you know, the medical industry as well, and whether it be nurses or paramedics and stuff like that. You know, you have to be able to deal with violence as a human being. It's a, it, is a, it is a component of life. As much as, you know, we try to push it out of society, it will never disappear. It's a human nature. It's an animal instinct. Violence is a part of your nature. And, of course, it's unflattering and not nice to talk about, but it's real. And it's better to talk about and be prepared for things that are real than pretend that they don't exist and, and not actually be able to deal with them. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, yeah. We, and we, in, in my line of work, we see the violence a lot. So I totally agree with that. It's, it's here to stay. Yeah. People, when they're out of ideas, they will resort to that yeah. um, to, to accomplish whatever it was that mm. they set out to do. So if you can be taught an effective and safe system to manage and to deal with that and to exude a bit of an, not confidence, but like, you know, like, if that's where this yeah, is you, you're just okay. exuding a level of uh, like um, non-threatened behavior. Like when, yeah. when, like I said before, people can sense whether you're threatened. People can sense whether you're stressed. People can sense whether all these things, and you know, like between the sexes, it's a little bit different too. Like you know, probably you'd say that most females, your girlfriend, whatever, she's very good at picking up social cues straight away when you're like, oh, whatever, oh, what's wrong? You know what I mean? You get into an argument, whatever. Good. It's exactly, they're too good at picking up what's going on. Before you even realize you're upset, they already know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so the thing is, is like, it, that, that's different too. But like, if you exude a, an aura, and, and man, like if you're a police officer, if you're whatever, if you're put in a position where you're an authority figure, you're in a position of leadership, but you're the one that's unsure and threatened or whatever, of course somebody else is going to notice that. Yep. particularly if they're in a position of like, man, I'm, you know, I'm about to go back to prison or whatever. Oh, this guy's freaking out. It's his first day out of the academy, whatever. Man, screw this guy. Like it, it gives people the ability to exert leadership and confidence in positions where they actually need to in their yeah. job. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important to give people that power and not, again, throw them in the deep end of the pool. Because in my opinion... The same thing that's happening with all these service industries that would cause a lot of friction and discomfort and why it's so chaotic is it's no different than that first stage of jiu-jitsu where you're going, here you go, throw them in the deep end, blah, 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 blah. And the thing is, is like the paramedics, the police officers, the people that have been doing those jobs for a long time, they learn how to deal with it. 
They learn how to deal with it, but it might take 10 years and there might be yeah. catastrophic problems in those 10 years. Whereas if you at least give them a different skill that they, they can start to work on, it might not take 10 years, it might take two. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't agree more. It's like finding the people who are good at certain aspects of the job like that. Yeah. And that was essentially the advice that I was given on how to, um, you know, how to talk to like patients who are having like maybe like a psychosis episode or something yeah. like that. There's no way to learn mm. other than getting it wrong a lot yeah. and be watching people who are good. But maybe the people then, that are good, you know, I mean, they should do some workshops oh, with the people 100%. that are good within their own community that have been doing it for 50 years to teach the other people. That exactly. Are and like even even small things like that, you can implement that are going to change how. Oh, yeah, couldn't agree. Yeah, that's that's spot on. Um, it'd just be nice if that could sort of happen in a streamlined yeah, yeah. sort of way where you could just, um, I guess, expedite that that two or three years where you suck yeah, <laughs> and just get that streamlined yeah. straight into where Absolutely. you at least can, yeah, you can tread water. And and like, you know, unfortunately a lot of things are about like funding and money and stuff yeah. like that and, and it's not always about what's best for the community and what's best for everyone. It's what we can afford or it's what, it's what we're being allocated and stuff and, you know, that's unfortunate but... Yeah, I think if people put more attention to actually what's what's the best thing for everybody as opposed to what's the best thing for me or for what, what my position yeah. is and stuff. And yeah, man, it's a really interesting thing to navigate. Yeah, we always end up talking about society and the world and stuff like that here a little bit. You know, I think I've been talking about it too much. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's it's just yeah, such a you're, complex kind of... Yeah, but you're definitely part of it and you see a certain yeah, aspect yeah, that's 100%. overlooked a lot. Yeah, for sure. And you guys sure. have definitely got... <clears throat> And again, I can vouch for you. Definitely got something to add to to that. You know, my small exposure yeah. to this sort of thing. Yeah. That, um, I've been recommending it probably ad nauseum to people. Who, like, <laughs> even if they don't want to listen, I'm telling them. Hey, have you heard about jujitsu? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a really good gym. Come, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come follow me. No, yeah, it. I think I think jujitsu changes the the way you carry yourself. You know, I changed a lot the way it used to be when I first started, and now, for example. Before I used to, I like I still like to drink beer sometimes, mm. but I used to over exaggerate on beer sometimes, you know. Mm. And after you start doing jujitsu and you have a weekend that you drink alcohol and you come on Monday to do a session, Can't you don't do feel thing, very yeah. comfortable, you know. Mm. So it it was like along along the way, I I just I pretty much stopped drinking, you know. There's something you say that before you started jiu-jitsu that you changed, like in your diet, they like I used to drink beers and I I don't drink anymore. There's something yeah. that jiu-jitsu made you change something. Um, probably when I come back to jiu-jitsu and started training, but like when I was training, like the same sort of time when I was coaching Anton, like yeah. I was taking it relatively seriously and I was probably like not drinking as much then. Yeah. And then had a few years where I was doing not much, and then you sort of. You, fall back into you the fall habit back into old bit. habits, yeah. very sociable habits. Yeah. Um, and then when I now have like goals and targets are based around jujitsu and that sort of thing, it just allows me to focus on that. And then um, I think as a byproduct, you find that your diet cleans up a little bit. Hundred percent. Drink it's less. You know, by all default. These I, we talked default. about. I talked about this with Fabio. So Fabio is another student here that's a brown belt, and he, you know, he's an he's one of the um, senior guys at the gym. He's been here for a long time. Like when he first started, he used to smoke a lot. And the thing is, is like the physical catalyst is a, is the most important way to facilitate change in your life. Like most people always talk about changing. Oh, I'm going to do this, and you know, I'm feeling about this. The only way to actually change 
is to go and do something that forces you to be uncomfortable about that behavior. Oh, I'm going to do jujitsu. I don't feel good when I drink anymore. Oh, better stop drinking. Yeah. Oh, I smoke cigarettes. I want to quit. Uh, what's the point of quitting? No, you've got to give yourself an incentive to quit. All right, go there and go and run five kilometers three times a week. See how long you can keep smoking. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, again, there's so many different things you're going to learn about life and stuff through jujitsu. So start training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, we'll, we'll cut it short a little bit because we've got to do some other stuff after this. But um, Kerrit, um, thanks so much for coming along. It, like just the insight about like strength and conditioning and, and particularly you know, that little bit on the end about like paramedic stuff and service industry. I think this is a cool conversation and something that like I think a lot of people can kind of think about and, and look into. And, and if they're, you know, I mean, if they're the ones that are in positions of, you know, police officers, whatever, man, think about doing jiu-jitsu, think about doing boxing, think about doing Muay Thai, whatever, just and for your own confidence, for your own, like, yes, don't, you're not going to feel threatened anymore. You're not going to be living in fear all the time. Like, of course, Fear is a normal component of life and stuff, but it takes the edge off of this stuff a little bit and you're not so threatened in so many different situations, I think, um, particularly when dealing with other people. That, that I would say that's probably the biggest thing that kind of comes into people's heads when they're put in situations with other people that are tense, that you can sense, mm. that you need to look for the doors and exits. Like It's going to change that a little bit mm. and that's going to help with you doing a better job in whatever you're doing. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much no, um, for coming me. on. I really appreciate um, all your insight and stuff. And again, uh, we've got a bit of a connection with the strength and conditioning Absolutely. stuff and back in the old days doing some lifting. Um, Lucas, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. For Oos. Um, that's it, guys. Oos. Oos. Thank you. Thank you. No dramas.